Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human Podcast, a podcast created to help you get out of your head and into your life. That is, if you want to have more fun, freedom, happiness, peace of mind, and success whilst squeezing the juice out of every area of your life. Join Jackie Ford every Thursday and listen in to her warm Scottish tones, wise heart and wonderful sense of humour as she interviews guests and discusses what it means to be unashamedly human. Hi everyone and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast. It is a dull, grey, cold and wet day here in Scotland and my understanding is it's the same where my guest is today. Today I'm with Liz Scott. Liz is um, a woman that I've been watching for for quite a while who seems to be enjoying life and enjoying a playfulness in her work that is taking her to work in areas I suppose she never thought she might work in. Liz, welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast. Hello, Jackie. (laughs) It's great to have you here, Liz. And, you know, I know there are the normal labels, you know, you, you are a coach. You used to be um, a BBC presenter, radio presenter, is that right? Well, you, you've actually um, promoted me. I was a reporter. <laughs> always wanted to be a presenter, so if you want to refer to me like that, I'll be very happy. No, it's perfect, because every time I hear your voice, I feel as though I'm listening to, to the BBC. <laughs> <laughs> and now for the shipping forecast. <laughs> I actually came across a girl um, in the Three Principles community years ago who, who actually did that. She did the shipping forecast. Fascinating. No. Yeah, she did. Oh. She did. I can't remember her name just now, but she was lovely, a lovely soul. Yeah. So Liz, can you tell people a bit about you, please? Well, yes, I suppose there's um there's there's sort of two two elements really. One and and, and they're one, aren't they, I suppose? But it, you might look at the work and what we do outside of work too. I, I suppose that the bit for me is um uh, a bit about me is that I, uh, work-wise, uh, Stu and I, my husband, we actually do lots of uh, support work, coaching work, well-being work in education, specifically with leaders um, in education, head teachers or leadership teams. And the focus of our work, particularly in the last few years, has really been focused on well-being and resilience. And I suppose traditionally, when you look at things like well-being and resilience, uh, there's a sense that it's a, it's a thing to do or you need to do something to get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're talking about with the inside-out understanding with the people that we're working with is just helping them to see the well-being and resilience that it's just part of their, their system, their makeup. And mm-hmm when they see that then they naturally see that in the young people or their colleagues so that's what i do that's my job we also run events we we've recently run an event looking at young people and mental health and that's very much something that seems to to really draw me right at the moment in my life mm. and outside of all of that or woven into all of that, I should say more, that's probably a better way to describe it is um, I love walking. We live on the edge of dogs in the Southwest of the UK in the Southwest of England. We um, I've got a dog. 
I love exploring footpaths. I love getting muddy. I love putting on my waterproofs and just getting out, <laughs> whatever the weather. And, um, and Stu and I, we also, we, we've got a camper van and we really just love just taking off and just hanging out in different, different places and enjoying the vibe. So <clears throat> that's a sort of a real nutshell, I suppose, of, of what I get up to. That's fabulous, Liz. Um, I know I've been watching your wellbeing work because you know that sort of wellbeing, I have a non-profit and wellbeing is something that's been important to me for, for many, many a year for all sorts of reasons. And I love that you're doing the work with young young people. It's so important. It's so important that everyone learns where their mental health actually resides, where their wellbeing mm. resides. But being able to point a young person who is struggling in the moment to something so simple yet so profound is absolutely magical. I've just finished a, a three-day online retreat with um, a young woman in Los Angeles who had been diagnosed as having an eating disorder. And by the end of day one, Liz, she had a smile as wide as anything. And by the end of day three, she absolutely knew where her well-being was coming from. And, you know, she, was, she, she wasn't having uh, the restrictive thoughts that she'd had before or when they did pop up, she knew that they were transient. She knew they would just go away on their own. And to see someone's actual skin colour change, just after a couple of days of talking about this understanding, always fills my heart with joy. Mm. And, and I think what I love about what you just said there, Jackie, and it, it's what we see as well, is that, you know, in the past, I, I trained as a traditional coach and I even did some counselling training as well. But in the past, I was always looking for that sort of transformation change mm. in a client but was looking for tools techniques and strategies mm -hmm. and, and what I'm hearing and what you're saying and then certainly what I've experienced for myself personally and what I'm always pointing to in my clients is when they get in touch with who they truly are that inner grounded settled space there's a natural healing process clearing process i don't even know what the right terminology is mm -hmm. it just seems to take place it's a it's a symptom of people getting back in touch with their own resilience and well-being mm -hmm. and and i don't know about you but many people that work with are, are almost like surprised that there's an absence of of yeah. thinking or habitual <laughs> thoughts or anxiety it's almost like it's like where's that gone I know. Um, rather than they've done something deliberately to try and suppress it, get rid of it, or think more positively. Yeah. And, and that's the beauty of this work is, is that it, it happens from within. And, and our job is, is just to hang out in the space and just keep pointing people back to where their true resilience and well-being resides. And then once they wake up to that, it does the work for them. Absolutely. It's beautiful, Liz. And such a lovely feeling behind what you're saying. It's, it's really, it's unbelievable that something so simple can be so impactful. And it surprises me every time, even although I see it again and again. I love seeing people wake up, Liz. I know. 
it's a joy, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's an absolute joy. We, we we had our girls down the other weekend there and there was a, a slight mishap with something being spilt on a cream carpet and um, by one of their boyfriends and a lot of worrying by the boyfriend that, you know, that this had happened, this dark stain on a cream carpet. And um, it was dealt with very, very easily, very quickly. I showed them how to do it. It wasn't a problem. And the stain disappeared. And one of my daughters said to me, Liz, who are you and what have you done with my mother? <laughs> and, and you know, that, that phrase just cracks me up because when we're living in our well-being, nothing's a problem. You gracefully glide through life until you don't. Mm. But, but it just seems so effortless and often change happens and you're not aware that something has changed internally for you until you're in that situation where you're behaving completely differently. Have you seen that in your own life, Liz? Oh, I mean, completely. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's probably the biggest, um, that's probably been the biggest shift for me, really. And, and what I've been waking up to in myself more and more over the last couple of years, two or three years, is that when I am present to my well, two things. Firstly, when I'm present to my own well-being, it's it, it, navigating life is easeful. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that tough things don't happen or um, things happen that I would prefer didn't happen. It just means that I'm able just to navigate with ease and do what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. so, so that for me is... Um, is is really clear that that living in that place of well-being, that that's what I noticed. But second, I think this is really important too, because this was the trap I used to fall into. Is I would think that if I wasn't in that good space, that something was wrong, mm -hmm. that I'd lost something, that I needed to do something to get better. Um, so what would happen is I would say for example i might feel a little bit insecure or a little bit anxious i would then pile on more anxiety and worry thinking i shouldn't be feeling like this i've done the mm -hmm. training or i i know all these tools and techniques i i shouldn't feel like this but there's an extraordinary freedom in almost being more of um an observer more mm -hmm. being more present and aware to life occurring rather than being right in the midst of it thinking it's very personal and things are happening to me absolutely and i make that distinction because one of the questions people often ask is oh i i feel better how do i stay here yeah. <laughs> forever <laughs> and it's the, the good news and the bad news is that you don't and it's perfectly natural not to it's it's it, that's that's part of the conversation i have with people Mm -hmm. And that's the freedom, isn't it, Liz, knowing that it's okay to be human, it's okay to have, you know, feel life, it's okay to have experiences, mm. but not to suppress them or to try and hide from them. And when, when you were speaking there, you know, I, I remember having, you know, being very, very anxious when I was younger, but I didn't have a label for it. I just thought there was something wrong with me because I didn't see everybody else. But, you know, having 
the same sort of anxiousness that I had, but in my day we called it shyness. Mm. Mm. And I remember, you know, sort of Liz being in situations where alcohol would fix it or a cigarette would fix it. In my mind, that, that made me feel better. And I think that's a very common go-to place for people. I don't like what I'm feeling. You take that personally. You analyse the hell out of it. And then you look for something to make it feel better. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and, and that's a, you know, it's a really beautiful way of, of describing maybe what, what we habitually have, have got caught up in, mm-hmm. which is feeling a certain level of emotional discomfort mm-hmm. and then looking for a fix, mm-hmm. whether it's additional thinking, trying to manage thinking, whether it's looking outside of us to change relationships, fix relationships, look to alcohol or drugs mm-hmm. or cigarettes or exercise or whatever your your thing might be mm-hmm. that's traditionally or maybe habitually what what we've done and i just the sayings um if i mean for me the difference the biggest difference for me is um i've kind of got off my case <laughs> i i used to go honestly jackie i used to go on all these like read all the books mm-hmm. on all the self-development stuff Mm-hmm. and and the self-development stuff I really see now and it was all done from a really good place you know I, I, I really wanted to be of service in the world and to myself but I was develop, I was trying to develop a self that would never be de- be developed yes I had overlooked the true self which was mm. constant consistent yes. ever-present yes um, and in the now and the game of being human and it is a game mm-hmm. is that we forget yeah and then we remember again and it's it's like you know it's almost a bit like going to one of these um parks where you go on all these rides uh-huh. you know, part of the thrill of the ride is that you know that you're safe and it's scary uh-huh. and i think that's kind of the bit i forgot was that the ride of being human at times can be scary uh-huh. and I'm always safe. Psychologically, I am always safe. And that's been the biggest shift for me. Mm. I love what you're pointing to there, Liz. Presence is absolutely key, isn't it? Mm. Mm. That's, I guess, what I've been seeing more and more clearly over the last couple of years is how easy it is to not be present mm. if I don't look after myself, if I don't have enough sleep, if I don't, you know, eat well, if I don't exercise well, then in my experience, what tends to happen is I kind of lose that presence. I know that presence is always there. Mm. I know that that awareness is always there. But me, as, as Jackie, the human form, dips in and dips out of that ever-knowing constant awareness. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's I, can, I can really see that too um, for me. And, and there's something... There's such freedom, I think, when we... Or for me, I can only talk for me. Um, there's been such freedom when I've realised I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I can... 
if I want to play full out, I can. Mm-hmm. And, and one of my clients described it once and I've never forgotten. He said, it's a bit like um, going to sea in, a, in an unsinkable boat. Mm. Now, you go to sea in a sinkable boat and you know ever the weather, you're safe. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you don't hit the storms. It doesn't mean that it's going to be an easy ride. But you just know you're going to be okay. It takes a, a level of anxiety and worry out of the equation. Um, and I kind of see that more and more in what I'm up to and what I do. Mm. Um, and, and again, there's a difference between trying to make something happen and also being in tune with what feels like what I'm drawn to and what is the right step. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I now, let me just give you a little example. This is how it plays out for me in life. I, um, I play the saxophone, not very well, but I do play it. Mm-hmm. And I'm part of a jazz improvisation workshop. Mm-hmm. And there are many people in that workshop that are musically more proficient than me. That's just a fact. They really are. They're more proficient than me. But the bit that I've got going that they haven't got going so clearly for them is that when we improvise, I've got nothing on it. Yeah. So I play with more freedom, badly, but I play with more freedom. Whereas what I can see with them is they get stuck in their heads. Mm-hmm. Like, am I good enough? This was bad. Or, And for me, that's the, the freedom that I now experience, which translates not just with my jazz saxophone improvisation, but in life. Mm-hmm is there's a kind of a, a freedom and playfulness. Like you said earlier, that, that I do have that experience um, where it's not forced, but mm. there's, a, there's a kind of delight in just trying things out and, yeah. and not, not getting caught up with the consequences. Okay, Liz, how do you do that? That's what people listening will be thinking. How do you do that? Oh, gosh. Well, here's the thing. If I had a how-to... I would be a millionaire on a yacht floating around the Mediterranean, probably because I'd sold my secret formula <laughs> and I'm not. <laughs> oh. So I guess, the, so here's, here's what I'm seeing at the moment for me. Mm. And, and sometimes what I see for me is all I've got right at the moment to share. Mm. I've really started to trust my own I call it my own internal natural balancing system. It's, mm-hmm. it's like my natural mental health system. And, and it's hard to explain it in some ways. So I'm going to do the best I can. Mm-hmm. And I've just started to notice more and more, and I'm becoming, getting used to trusting it more and more that it's giving me good information information so for example on one level it might be that if i if i wake up at three o'clock in the morning and i've got something worrying in my head now the temptation is to try and fix the content of whatever's worrying in your head but what i've noticed is that that that's the wrong place to look mm-hmm. what my system is just telling me is that i've been doing a overthinking um, 
And often I'll look back maybe over the, the, the previous day um, and I think, oh yes, I, I, I didn't give myself any time off work and I've, I've been trying to fix this problem and it's just been worrying in my head. So my system is telling me, you need to give yourself a rest. You're, me- you're mentally, you're tired. So I'm listening out much more for those nuanced messages mm-hmm. um, that really support me in taking the next step. So for example, maybe I come across somebody that, I don't, I don't resonate with, or I don't get a good energy for. Mm-hmm. Now I'm much more present now because part of it is thinking: is 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 this my stuff, or is this just that this this isn't the right energy person for me to be around? Mm-hmm. And I kind of tune into that and 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 do. There is no one answer. It's each situation is different, and then do what feels like it's the most healthy choice for me. Mm -hmm. And I guess that kind of translates with my work and with what we're about as well, which is I'm always sort of just touching base internally. I call it like my inner compass. Mm -hmm. I have a sense of what it feels like and tuning into that, it gives me really good information. So that's, that's the best I've got with that is, <laughs> is tune in is, is notice what is for you. And for me, it's a, it's very much a feeling. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a rich and nourishing feeling that comes when I feel like I'm moving in the right direction. Um, but for other people, they might experience something different, but that's just my personal experience. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Oh, <laughs> you're singing my song, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to thank you there, Liz, for handling that that question so gracefully. Um, because it, it is, you know, often with this understanding that we're speaking about, you know, people want to know the how-to and how do I do that and, you know, what are the techniques. But as you said earlier, and we keep repeating on this podcast, there are no techniques. There is just understanding and you gracefully and gently guided us back to that through your own experience. For me, it's the same, Liz. It's a feeling. It's, it always is that feeling that lets me know whether I'm off kilter or not, whether I'm present or I'm not present. And I love what you described about when you meet people and you become curious when the energy feels just slightly different. Mm. Because I think in the past, I would have been someone, Liz, who would have run a mile if I came up across someone I just, you know, whose energy was just very different to mine. I would have stories in my head, consciously and unconsciously, about what that meant. Mm. And it's beautiful to have that, what it sounded to me you were pointing to is a, a, a state of neutrality and love. Being curious about, well, where am I? Is it, is it my stuff? Uh, are these people acting like a mirror to me? Is there something here I have to see about something that I'm still believing that I'm not aware of? And that's just a, a beautiful place to, to live from, isn't it? Mm-hmm. totally and and i think the my own habitual way of falling into things might have been 
in that example mm. say meeting somebody that, where the energy was was just feeling a little bit scratchy mm. my habitual way of, of doing things might have been to pour the blame right on me that i wasn't mm. i wasn't being enlightened enough or doing things right or open enough and so i know other people might point point it at the other person it doesn't really matter i love what you're saying about the neutrality it's almost mm. like it's a curiosity of okay what's what's this about yeah. what's this about here and just just being very light with that inquiry it's not not analyzing it like i used yeah. to do <laughs> and, about it. Yeah, and i love that and, and it was interesting because at the end of that 3d intensive i did recently with that young woman you know i said to her, how are you feeling and she said i don't know how to describe how i'm feeling i'm i'm feeling nothing but in a really really good way <laughs> perfect i know you know so for her to hear that's okay that is perfectly okay yes liz were you ever a control freak um i don't i don't know i i don't know about a control freak but i i am in certain areas maybe i am i love organizing mm-hmm. and um which is a really great skill to have and then i think it on the spectrum where it becomes unhealthy is when i try and organize everybody to do things exactly the way that i want them done <laughs> then it's not quite so healthy so if that's what you mean by a control free, <clears throat> yes. You're making me laugh because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're making me laugh because usually in, in, in my experience, people who get things done, yeah. there's an element and it's, it's understanding when you cross, you cross the line. <laughs> I always remember my husband years ago, um, Liz, we were in the kitchen um, with my youngest daughter and, and we, Lauren and I were making a cake and my husband came in and he said, oh, this is how two control freaks make a cake. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and in that innocent statement, that humorous statement was so much information for both of us. Yeah. You know, and, and I love that. I love when humour wakes you up. Oh, in fact, I love it when, when I laugh at myself, mm-hmm. I just know that that's, that, that's so healthy. I mean, that's the other thing. That's so healthy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I get lost in things have to be a certain way. Yeah. And then, and then I, I go, oh dear, I just <laughs> did it again. Oops. Better go and repair the damage. <laughs> and that just sounds like such a gentle way to live lifeless. It is, it is. I think the, the, the person that's benefited most from me coming across the inside out understanding is me. Mm. Um, I, I've got, I'm looking, I've got a bookshelf to my left and I'm just glancing at it and there's a, an old journal that I used to write in. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it recently and it was probably, probably dated about 10 years ago when I was actually a, or maybe more than 10 years ago, actually, when I was a reporter at the BBC. And it's, it's filled with, uh, one thing is I only used to write it when I was angsty because there are months when I didn't write anything and I think, mm. well, I must have been happy then. <laughs> um, but when I was angsty, I would, it was like I was a self-improvement um, 
project yeah. i was it mm -hmm. and i would and i could see all the things i was doing exercise and fitness and diet and mm -hmm. affirmations and goal setting and beliefs and clearing on my values and clearing up my relationships and i was a i was really really busy and quite hard on myself mm -hmm. um and and so for me the the fun and the, I mean, I look back at that fondly and, and almost with a little bit of empathy with that, that person who I can't relate to at all now mm -hmm. because she, she really, what she was looking for um, and what she was trying to achieve through endless effort mm. was, was there in the absence of that effort. It, it just kind of glows and flourishes and comes through. And, and for me, that that's what I've, become more present to and I know it's a it's a deliciously nourishing ongoing journey mm -hmm. and the more that I I see the, that separate self and and step away from it the more this 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 wonderful feeling of presence and knowing and love and compassion and resilience which is just so natural mm -hmm. the more I am aware of that in my world there is nothing to improve that sounds Sounds a bit odd, but there is nothing to improve. It's almost like that effort to improve was getting in the way of, mm. of me just recognizing um, who I truly was. And so that kind of spins right the way back to what I hold out for with my clients is, is that is, it's almost to hold a space for them to trust that that is, is part of who they are too. Mm -hmm. And once they start to become present to that and experience that for themselves, um, it's a little bit like the child that is, is trying to let go of the edge of the swimming pool to swim. Mm -hmm. The more they trust that they can swim, then the more freedom they have and know that they'll be okay. And, uh, and that's what I'm there for, is I like saying, you can swim, you can yeah. swim, but let's just, we'll just keep doing it until you, you get it for yourself. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's my kind of role. Yeah, that's beautiful. You're pointing towards truth. That's, that's how I see it. Mm -hmm. And it's so simple and so nourishing and so healthy. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's in a way, Jackie, I, I think it's, it's not even extraordinary. It's perfect. <laughs> it's like the most natural thing in the world. It's, um, Liz, I mean, that's, you know, I was having a laugh the other day there in one of my other podcasts because my guest, Philippe, was just like, why do you delight in being so ordinary, Jackie? <laughs> it was just like, because that's who we all are. You know, ordinary is my middle name. I've never wanted to be extraordinary. I don't even know what that is. I just wanted to be me. And in that being me and ordinary, everyone else is ordinary. And that's why Liz... You know, as, as you beautifully pointed to there, when we see that we all come from the same space, from the same energy, then no one is different. So whether you're a lawyer or a doctor or a politician or a famous rock star, you're just the same as me. Absolutely. Just having an experience of being human. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Liz, thank you so much for being a guest on the Unashamedly Human podcast. It's been a delight to speak with you and get to know you better. Um, and I look forward to seeing your many adventures with working with youth and mental health and anything else that you're doing. Oh, Jackie, thank you so much. And uh, this has been an absolute delight and pleasure. And it's so great to hang out with you. <laughs> thank you. Take care, Liz. Cheers. Hey, you could be larger than life.